0: The blue, he his youth, and the his grace. Thank you for choosing to listen to the sermons of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. We meet at 2309 Ninth Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. And if you're ever in our area, we would love to have you as our guests. If you live in our area, we would love to study the Bible with you. You can call us anytime to set up a Bible study or just to gain more information at 205-486-9247. Also, visit our website, 9 or check us out on Facebook by simply searching for Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Now, we hope you'll join us for a study of God's word as we seek to follow him each and every day from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. There are many places in the world that we love to travel and to see Uh, the various sites that are in many countries. If you have had the, the opportunity, some of you may be military or corporate America or missionaries, and you've gotten opportunities to travel in various places in the world. There are some things that we understand when we go to some of these places because in many of those places we see ruins, we see relics, we see buildings that at one time had great majesty and power and presence. You may go to Rome and see the ruins of the great Colosseum that was built over 2,000 years ago. How that it was such a great manifest, uh, manifest at that particular time uh, that uh, they had boat races, they had horse races, they had elevators, they had... Many um, various amenities in that place 2,000 years ago, but it stands as ruins now. And if you go to Rome and visit the Colosseum, you're seeing the remains of something that was great at one time. You may go to Greece, and we read in history about that great power at one time, how they had great philosophers and great architects and mathematicians, and they were at one time... Uh, the one of the rulers and most powerful nations in the world at one time. But if you go there now, here again, you see relics. You see ruins. You see the remains of buildings that at one time had great presence and power. But now they are just ruins. You may travel to Egypt. And when you go to Egypt, you know that they were the rulers of the world at one time. Great mathematicians, great doctors, they even performed brain surgery back in those days. The mummification process that the Egyptians have is still a wonder to people. The pyramids are wonders of the world because they were so architecturally mysterious that even to this day they can't figure out how they move such huge stones And cut them out miles away and transported them to the building site. And each stone (coughs) fit in so well that you couldn't put a piece of paper in between the stones. But now they're all relics. The sphinx is a relic. The pyramids are relics of a once great nation. Something that used to be. And you know something, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen if we go uh to to Europe now and even if you as, as you go there you might see uh that there are some of the most beautiful church buildings in the world there in Europe and they are all museums because at this particular time that they are also relics and when you go to those particular places you will find that at least 50% of the people, the children, are atheists. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in the scriptures. They don't believe in any of those things that we hold dear. When we travel around the world, we see relics of greatness past. You go to Babylon. You go to Europe. You go to Egypt. You go to Greece. You go to Rome. Even as we look at Iraq and Iran, or those places that at one time had different names in biblical times, you see the relics of those great uh, uh, dictators and great rulers and pharaohs and Caesars, but they're all relics and they're all ruins. And I guarantee you that every one of those that sat on those thrones, all of those potentates and powerful individuals, thought that they were impervious to destruction, that they were going to stand forever, that they were all powerful and that no one would ever overtake them. You can imagine as we read about the personality and character of Nebuchadnezzar who ruled Babylon and his arrogance and his power and God even let him know that there would never be one like him after Daniel interpreted the dream. But here again... There are relics and ruins, and as a politician, as my subject is assigned tonight to look at America, I have to think about the fact that there are so many people right now who actually believe that there is nothing that can bring us down, that there is nothing that can destroy us, and that we are so powerful and impervious uh, to destruction That we, like many of those places where we see relics now, will stand forever. Well, what I want to tell you tonight, and I want you to think and I want your pure minds and I want us to be together on certain things when we start talking about what we see in America today. Because tyrants and dictators and evil men and seducers, they know exactly what to say and what to do. To ruin a nation. And nation after nation has been ruined by godlessness. And perversion and corruption. And sin. And idolatry. And all types of perverted thoughts and ways. And right now the eyes are on our children. Because those who want to destroy America. And make America just a relic. Where maybe a hundred, two hundred years from now, somebody's visiting a relic of the Statue of Liberty. Or perhaps the Washington Monument that's broken over. Or maybe the Jefferson Monument or the Lincoln Monument. And they see just pieces of what used to be. There are those who want that to happen. And we have to be folks who understand that. That there are those who want this nation And everything we stand for to disappear from the face of the earth with all of those high morals and beliefs and traits of character that we hold dear, that there are those who want it to disappear. When we stick our heads in the sand proverbially and pretend, sit down on the seat or do nothing and lean back on the elbows or do less and say, wake me up when the battle is over, what we do is open the door wide open for our enemies. And our enemies, many of them are within, who want to destroy everything that we stand for. Those children around in this audience this this evening, in this wonderful congregation, and I've met several of your elders and your minister and others, and I know that what you want for your children Is for them to have the same liberties that you have. The same opportunities that you have had. The same ability to be educated, to worship freely that we've had all of our lives. But brothers and sisters, if we don't protect it now, if we don't stand now, it's going to disappear. These beautiful children are a small portion of the population, but they're 100% of the future. And if this congregation is to have a future, if our nation is to have a future, then we've got to fight for that future right now. Every generation, every generation. And I say this as a man who has helped make policy, who has helped make laws, who has fought against laws that I know were against the word of God, along with folks like Sheila Budd and others who have stood as a politician who has has fought against those laws that would undermine the church and the validity of the scriptures and our religious rights, as a person who has fought for the rights of life and liberty and justice and the pursuit of happiness, all of those things we hold dear. I tell you that it is time for us to wake up. It is time for us to wake up. The Lord said one time that while men slept, the enemy sowed tears. When we close our eyes, when we turn our heads, when we pretend we don't see, we are setting the destiny of our nation to one day just be a relic. Oh yeah, they were a great nation at one time. They had a constitution that they believed in at one time. They had a democratic government where every man had a vote at one time. Or they had a senate and a congress and a president and and a great powerful army and military at one time. But they're all gone now because they were destroyed from the inside. The Roman Empire, the Grecian Empire, the Egyptian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, all of them were destroyed from the inside. The Apostle Paul talking to the brethren in Ephesians chapter 6, as he was talking to the brethren about standing and opening their eyes, Paul said, we need to concentrate on those things that destroy us from within. Paul said we're not fighting Bubba Leroy cockroach and skillet. He says we're fighting principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul said that we have to stand as someone who has sat on the floor of the House of Representatives and pushed a button to vote yes or no. Don't you know that many times I have sat and watched stuff pass that I thought would never pass and failed that I thought would never fail because nobody said anything to their representatives and they felt like they had impunity and they could vote any way they wanted to and there would be no consequences. That's what we see in America right now. How many of you would have believed 50 years ago that abortion would be so prevalent? How many of you would have believed that our Supreme Court that would say it's okay for a man and a man and a woman and a woman to marry, who would have believed that the things that we see today that go against every reason why America was established in the first place, who would have believed that someone would say that our Constitution sanctions this? The majority of the forefathers, as we call them, had religious degrees, They were religious men. They went to schools of theology. Their education was in religious schools. George Washington said out of his own mouth, we're not saying they were perfect men and flawless and sinless, but they had a vision of something different than what was in Europe with the dictatorships and the tyrants and the monarchies. And they wanted something where every man, every person, had the power to change what happened around them, that every man had a vote. George Washington said that God intended for this to be a nation after he had strapped a cannon on a canoe and they had paddled the canoe out to a British frigate that had 16 guns and they had a cannon tied on a canoe and sunk that boat. He said God intended for this to be a nation. It's time for us to look within and take an introspective examination of the fact that we are losing what is most powerful and beautiful about our nation. I want you to realize that in just that Joshua at one time, he pitched 12 stones in the Jordan in Joshua chapter 4, verses 21 through verses 24. We all know the story. You're Bible scholars in this room. You have great elders and preachers, so that's nothing I'm going to tell you from the scriptures that you haven't heard before. All of you know that Israel was in Egyptian captivity for 400 years. You know that they cried out to God for relief and for freedom. You already know that God raised up a young man who was put In an ark of of reed and floated down. And Pharaoh's daughter found him. And he was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You already know what happened when he killed the Egyptian. When he left. When he, he was there and he kept the sheep. You already know when he was sent back to Egypt. After God met him at the burning bush. And told him you go tell Pharaoh. Let my people go. You tell him. That I said, let my people go. And you know that Moses went down and stood before Pharaoh and God destroyed their system. Their polytheistic, their system of idols. One at a time, everything that they worship, God destroyed it. They worshiped the sun, God turned it off. They worshiped the now, God turned it to blood. They worship various bugs that flew. God put them all over them. They worship reptiles. God put frogs everywhere. Frogs in the bed, frogs on the floor here, frog there, frog everywhere, frogs. God did that to them to let them know, I am God. They worshiped the cattle God dropped them. They worshiped their fertile crescent, their their ability to raise food. God sent the locusts and ate it all up. And the last God standing was Pharaoh himself. And God failed him too. And eventually when Moses and the children of Israel left Egypt, God opened up the Red Sea and they walked through on dry land. What Joshua was telling them is, you tell your children. You tell them so that they don't lose this story. You tell your children so that they value their freedom. You tell your children so that they don't forget that it was God. It was God that freed them from slavery. It was God that brought them across the Red Sea. It was God that fed them for 40 years in the wilderness while they were in disobedience And murmured and complained every day. It was God that brought them to this promised land. So Joshua told them you set 12 stones. And when you do this. The Bible says he spake unto the children of Israel saying. When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come. Saying what mean these stones? What does this stone mean? What does this monument that's a spear going to heaven mean? What does it mean with this man sitting here in this chair? What does it mean? What does this Jefferson monument mean? What does this Vietnam wall mean? What does this Korean war monument mean? What does it mean? You know what Joshua told them as he was talking to them. He said, then shall you let your children know saying, Israel came across the Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan from before you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we were gone over. Joshua went on and told them, Here are the reasons why you need to tell your children that all the people of the earth might know. The hand of the Lord that it is mighty that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Don't you know that we need to tell the story so that our children understand how far God has brought us. Right now there are those who are in famine. There are those who are in war. There are those who are the blood runs like water down some of the streets and various nations of the world. Because men, evil men and seducers have waxed worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. It is a sad and regrettable, sad and regrettable truth that Israel refused to listen to Joshua. They would not listen. And in one generation, brothers and sisters, one generation... The Bible tells me that they had left God and were seduced to serve idols, perverse, and corrupt worship that made them fall to the beggarly elements of this world. In one generation, because they failed to tell them what those 12 stones meant. Because in one generation... They did not hear the stories of what God had done for Israel. They lost everything. And when we go to the book of Joshua, or Judges rather, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Israel's great leader, their great servant, in verses 11. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And they served Balaam, which was the chief deity of Canaan. And they forsook the Lord, their God, the God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods, gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. How many folks today have lost contact and attachment and understanding Of who their God is. How many children don't understand. That when they stand to say the pledge of allegiance. That there are those who are trying to take under God. Out of the pledge of allegiance. And I remember in the first and second, third, fourth grade. Back in the day when we would stand every morning. And we would have a Bible verse read to us by our teacher. Then we would have a prayer by one of the boys in the room. And we would stand proudly and look at the flag and put our hearts over our hands and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. We said that every every day, every day, making a connection to our past, It's not all beautiful. We know that America, like every nation, has those things that we wish had never happened. And there are things that we wish had never occurred. But the fact of the matter is, America is the only nation that has solved its ills and its problems by the Bible. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6, Moses said to the children of Israel, And you shall teach them diligently unto your children. And you shall talk of them when you this in your house, when you walkest by the way, when you liest down, when you rise up. Around Europe, as I mentioned a moment ago, more than half the young people in Europe today are atheists. Some of the most beautiful church buildings in the world are there. But they're all relics. They're museums. Most young Americans today leave the church when they leave home because many of our colleges, our college campuses, have become cultures of debauchery, sex, and sin. What's happening, brothers and sisters? While men slept, the enemy is sowing tears. It's time for us to wake up and understand that corrupt government creates a corrupt nation. That corrupt policies create a corrupt people. That corrupt laws create corrupt uh, beliefs and, and corrupt desires. And for this reason, we need to stop electing and supporting those things that are twisting the laws, twisting God's word, perverting our government, and causing moral digression in our nation. In book of Revelation chapter 1 and verses 9, while John is on the island of Patmos, John has been put there not because he was hurting the Roman Empire, not because he was fighting against the Caesar, but simply because he was preaching Christ and him crucified. John preached the truth. He preached what was right. He preached what was inspired to him as he received the baptismal measure of the Holy Ghost. And this man was put there on that island, on that prison island, to die. They tried to poison him, but he didn't die. Jesus had already told John he would be the only one that would die a natural death. In Revelation chapter 1 and verses 9, John said, I, John, who also am your brother... And companion in tribulation in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Was in the island called Patmos. Why, John? For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. John was still faithful. He was hungry. He was tired. He may have been under the elements. He didn't have food and good water and clothing. One of the things they did before they put them on Patmos, they took their shoes or sandals so that when they let them off the boat, away from the shore, they had to walk over those sharp corals going to the island of Patmos. Most of them, once they got to Patmos, their their feet, the bottom of their feet had been pierced over and over, and many of them would bleed to death or die of infection. It was a terrible, terrible place. And John was there just for preaching the truth. You know what he said in verses 10? John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet. John said, even though I am on Patmos, even though I am suffering, even though I am under the elements John was still in the spirit of the Lord's day. Brothers and sisters, if you can pervert the government, the devil knows who we are. The devil knows why America was started. The devil understands our Congress, our Senate, our Supreme Court. And the devil wants it all to go away. This is why Peter, during the last days of his life, Peter knew he was going to be martyred. Peter understood that he was going to die. Peter knew that at some point in time, his life would be taken just for preaching the gospel. But he told his brothers and sisters in a time when men and women were being covered in tar, in pitch, and tied on trees, and tied on crosses, and lit a fire while they were still alive, to burn alive, to light the streets of Rome. In a time when men would stand in a line, and when we talk about being faithful unto death, being faithful unto death then under that perverted government didn't mean be faithful to your land in a hospital surrounded by your children. It didn't mean be faithful until the doctor has done everything that he can. It didn't mean be faithful until you have lived out your life in the best way that your body can provide. What it meant was this. If the Romans lined up a group of you men and lined you safe side by side and they went to your face with their sword, that double-edged sword that was so famous that had conquered the world in the Roman Empire, a sword that had the best metal, the sharpest edge, and their men practiced eight hours a day to use that sword. And you take your men in this room and line ten of them side by side. And you have the centurion walk and look you in your eye and say, do you follow the Nazarene? Are you a Christian? Do you follow Jesus Christ? And you might look down at your brethren and turn back to him and say, yes, yes, I do. He would turn like he's practiced a thousand times before. Like he was walking away from you. And in one move that you didn't see coming. He would have removed your head from your body. And your head is falling one way and your body is falling another way. And then he walks to the next man after you just witnessed the execution of your brother. And he looks you in the eye and he says, do you follow Jesus? Do you follow the Nazarene? Are you a Christian? And you look down the line and your brethren are saying, be faithful unto death. Be faithful unto death. That's what it meant then. When it was written, that's what it meant. Be faithful unto death. In a time when persecution, in a time when evil and perverted government was taking the life of Christians, be faithful unto death. And don't you understand that when Peter was talking to the brethren in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 8, Peter said to the brethren, be sober, be vigilant, Because your adversary, and he called him by name, the devil. As a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour, Peter is saying to your brethren, you be sober. Don't get drunk with pride. Don't get drunk with materialism. Don't get drunk with worldliness. Don't do what the Lord told us not to do. Jesus said to us, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust that corrupt and thieves break through and steal. He said, The lay up treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust that corrupt nor thieves break through and steal. Jesus said, because where your treasure is, there shall your heart be also. Peter said, be sober, be sober, be vigilant, keep your eyes open. Don't sit with your eyes closed. Don't go to sleep and allow your children and their minds to be infiltrated by the things of this world. Paul said to the brethren, evil communication corrupts good manners. And if you look at the Greek of that word communication, what Paul is saying, you don't let your children get too close To those things that will rot their mind. You put a rotten apple in the barrel. All of you know this metaphor. That rotten apple will touch the next apple which rots. Which touches the next apple which rots. Until the whole barrel is rotten. Be sober. Be vigilant. Open your eyes. Don't go to sleep. And allow things to happen that will destroy us. Paul said in Romans chapter 12 and verses 2. Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In essence, Paul said, don't conform, don't sell out, don't give in to the perverted ways of a perverted government and perverted politicians and perverted laws and perverted decisions that are made. You and I must stand. Colin Powell, who was one of our greatest generals, Back in Desert Storm, he and several others, Colin Powell said something that I use all the time when I teach. He said the first casualty of war is the truth. The truth. The truth is the first casualty of war. The devil is a liar. The Lord didn't talk a whole lot about the devil. He didn't make long soliloquies about the devil. He didn't preach any long sermons about the devil. All the Lord had to say about the devil is he's a liar. He's a liar. When the Lord said the devil was a liar, what else he need to say? He don't need to tell you not to listen, not to believe, not to hear. When the Lord said that the devil was a liar, he said everything that we need to know about the devil. Back in World War II, There was a young lady, a system, there were several young ladies who were called Tokyo Rose. You may have heard it or heard me talk about it before. Tokyo Rose would get on the radio and talk to the GIs. She would give them false information, false leads. She would tell them things that were not true to make them give up and quit and walk away. She was lying. And right now what we have If we listen, you listen to the radio, the television, the talk show host, the internet. If you listen to the major news people, the corporate heads of America, you find them all with the same progressive narrative telling you that it's time for you to change. They tell you you're on the wrong side of history. They tell you that you're old fashioned, out of style, out of date. You still believe this old bronze age book. They make laws to say that this book can't go into schools. You can't talk about this school in corporate America, this book in corporate America. Someone said, and I'm not belittling anything, so please understand, but someone said a child or someone was saying, God, God, why do you allow these things to happen in our schools? Some poor broken hearted child or mother or father who has lost a child in the school, is saying, God, why did you let this to happen? Let this happen. Someone gave a response over the Internet, and it it is so profound because the response said, God said, God said, I'm not allowed in the schools. They don't let me come in the schools anymore. They don't let me come on the college campuses anymore. They don't let me in corporate America anymore. They don't let me in these places. God's response was, I'm not there anymore. If I were there, I could do something about it. What if God's word was read to these children that have no direction, that grow up looking at the internet and all of these violent games that are legal while the Bible is illegal? When I was growing up, you didn't go to the store without your guns on. I mean, you had your gun. We had Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, Paladin. We had all of those guys. And when you went to the store, if I went to the supermarket with my mama, I had on full gear hat, guns, stirrups, cowboy boots, and we would walk down the aisles. If we saw another boy with his guns on, you would stand and like you want to draw. And we watched all of these shows. We watched Matt Dillon stand there every week and draw his gun. Don't you understand? We didn't hear about anybody going into schools and shooting people. We didn't hear anything about mass murderers shooting out of hotel windows. You know, when folks talk about guns, I'm not getting on any side of that argument. One thing I do know, it's not guns that kill people. It's not people that kill people. It's sin that kills people. Sin kills people. When men are allowed to sin, and the Bible lets me know that sin is transgression of God's law. Hosea writing to God's people in the book of Hosea chapter 4 and verses 6. Hosea said, my people are destroyed. They are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why, Hosea? Because thou hast rejected knowledge I will also reject thee, that there shall be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget your children. God says that the leaders of this people cause them to err. Solomon wrote one time, and Solomon is often called the laboratory of human experience, because everything that could be had could be bought. Could be experienced. He had more gold, more silver, more horses, more houses, more women. He had more of everything than anybody who has ever lived. And God said that no one would ever have what Solomon had. But you know what Solomon said when he looked at all of this? When we look to power, prestige, position, pleasure, and position, don't you realize as Solomon said, vanity, empty, vanity, says the preacher. Vanity and vexation of spirit. It's all a lie, smoking mirrors. It doesn't bring happiness. And what we've done in our nation is the same thing that was done in all of these nations that are relics today. Where the ruins are today, where happiness is about what you have, who you are where you live, what you drive, what you have in the bank, when we have lifted these things above spiritual riches and spiritual wealth. Solomon said, the words of a wise man are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Solomon said, wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Who would have believed that we would see what we see today? We talk about our Navy. As a politician, I've heard it. We talk about our nation. We talk about our Navy and our Marine Corps. We talk about our Army and our Air Force and our weapons and our bombs and our bombers and our planes and our jets and our tanks. We talk about our infantry. We talk about all the wonderful things that we've got to defend our country. But you know one thing that we've forgotten? While we, brothers and sisters, while we talk about all these things we have to fight with, how many folks in America have forgotten what we fight for? And because we've forgotten what we fight for, and we've forgotten what we stand for, that we're becoming weaker, And weaker every day. Solomon said in Proverbs 29 and verses 12. If a ruler hearken to lies. All of his servants are wicked. How many people have changed the way they live. Because decisions have been made by the Congress. Or the government or the Supreme Court. How many people think it's all right to do something. Because they see it over the internet. Or they talk about it on television. How many movies and programs are made to infiltrate your minds to make you start believing that things that are wrong are right? Someone said a moment ago in the prayer, which was a beautiful and wonderful prayer, that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Paul said to the brethren in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 13, Paul said, but evil men, evil men and seducers, those that get people to follow them, listen to them, believe in them, while they feed them false ways and perverted ways and corrupt doctrine and destroy whole houses. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That word sedu- seducers comes from a Greek word which means imposters. Those that pretend, saboteurs. Those that pretend to love the country, but at the same time they are destroying it. The devil knows what he's doing. He knows that we're listening. He knows that our young are on the devices more than they are in the Bible. He knows that we watch television more than we read God's word. He knows that many of us have become more comfortable with the world and people of the world than many of us do with people in the church. One time, I want you to realize, John said, and every one of you can quote, because I know I'm in a room of Bible scholars. John said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. He said, for all that's in the world, it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. All you're going to get from this world. And the Lord said himself one time in his red letter teaching, he said to all of us, what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The Lord said, what do you got when you got the lust of the flesh? You participate in everything that the world presents, every perverted act and thought and saying, every perverted thing that they place before you. The Lord said, what have you gained? What have you gained if you get all this stuff that the world says make you important and make you relevant? What have you gained if you've got everything the world says, prefixes and suffixes on your name and position and power? The Lord says, what have you gained when you got all of this, but somewhere along the line, you lost yourself? Many times I've seen young people leave the church and what comes back is not what left. I've seen young ladies leave the church And what comes back is not the same that left. Many of them have position, power, prosperity. They've got all the things the world has to offer. But they're not that young man anymore that stood up and led songs proudly in the church and read scriptures and was so proud the first day that he got a chance to do the communion. They're not the virtuous young lady that walked through the church that everybody looked at and knew. She would make somebody a wonderful wife and make some children a wonderful mother. Somewhere along the line, the devil got in their heads and made them change who they are, what they believed, and what they wanted to become. That's what perverted government does. When you look at the news every day. Every day they're putting down those things which we believe, and lifting up those things which are against everything that we stand for. Paul said in Second Thessalonians chapter two and verses eleven. Paul said, "For this cause shall God send strong delusions, that they might believe a lie, that they might all be condemned who believe not the truth, and had pleasure." In unrighteousness, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to realize that we are at war and that there are those who want your children. They want your families destroyed. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 16, Isaiah said, for the leaders of this people, cause them to err. And they that are led of them are destroyed. What do we see happening right now? When we think about this, I want you to think for just a few minutes, and and the lesson will shortly be yours. What does corrupt government do? Corrupt government makes us do things which are against God. In America right now, we have genocide going on right here in America. Somebody might say, no, never in America. Maybe in Egypt, when they killed the young boys, when they were trying to find Moses or find the deliverer and they killed the boys. Maybe when they were searching for Jesus and they killed the babies. We will never have genocide like that in America, but yes we do. We have genocide in America just like that. Because politicians have sat and voted that the child inside of his mother's womb is not a human being. We see people walking behind dogs. The other day, a dog broke loose from a child's grandmother. That dog that had been raised as a puppy from the, the from a puppy in that house, like part of the family. And it had a newborn little girl in the house. It was in the paper. Google it when you get home. And this dog broke loose from the grandmother, ran into the house, grabbed that child by the throat and killed that little baby girl who was sitting in her bouncy chair before the grandmother who was trying to run and catch the dog. The dog that was a pit bull with that strong bite had already almost bit the little girl's head off before the grandmother could get there. The child or the animal protection people came. And took the dog into custody. Because they got to decide if the dog is going to be put down. Now this dog has taken the life of a little girl. But the dog's life is equivalent to the little girl's life. They got to make a decision as to whether or not the dog is going to be put down. We have those today who will claim that a child is not a child. Who would do everything they can to make sure that the law gives them the right to kill that child. Those same folks would fight for the life of a dog. But they won't fight for the life of a child. Because your politicians have made decisions and your Supreme Court has made decisions that that child In what ought to be the safest place in the world for a child, its mother's womb is really not human to the point that it can be snatched from its mother's womb. And when we think about late-term abortion, it means drilling, and I'm sorry to the elders, I hope I'm not getting out of line. It means drilling a hole in that baby's head and sucking the brains out of that baby's body. And then having that baby's dead body born and then putting him in rubbish like a piece of garbage. And your government says, that's okay. That's all right to do that. Why? Because the politicians that we have elected over the last few decades gradually caught us sleep. And while we slept, the enemy sold to tears. Till the point that it's alright to protect the dog and not protect the child. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verses 5 that God told him, before I form thee in the belly, I knew thee. I knew thee. Before that child is formed, God says, I know him because that child belongs to me. That child is my heritage. But in America today, we can abort a child any time we get ready. 95% of the abortions are formed in America. performed in America today by women who just didn't want to have a baby. It didn't have nothing to do with rape. It didn't have anything to do with incest. It didn't have anything to do with abuse. It didn't have anything to do even with socioeconomic conditions. I just don't want to bring it into the world. And our politicians have said, hey, it's your body. There's only one person there. Even though the doctor can put the stethoscope there and hear a heartbeat, this year we tried to pass a heartbeat bill. That if the doctor can hear the heartbeat, that's a child. I'm a politician. I'm sitting on the floor. I'm ready to vote for it. Don't you realize that by filibuster, And political wrangling, we never got a chance to vote for that bill that said that if you can hear the heartbeat of that child, that that's a child. You can't kill it. And we never got a chance to vote on it, but we sure voted on some dog bills and some animal abuse bills. We voted on some of that garbage, but we couldn't vote on that. I want you to realize that when God came to Cain in Genesis chapter 4, and God said to Cain, where's your brother? And that's a rhetorical question, just like when God asked Adam, where are you? God knew where he was. When he asked Eve, what have you done? God knew what she had done. And when he asked Cain, where is your brother? He already knew where his brother was. Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? Am I supposed to keep up with my brother? Am I my brother's watchman? God said, you are a murderer, if you let me paraphrase. He said, your brother's blood has cried out from the ground. We've read that over and over all of our lives. And it took me going to school and learning how to exegete a passage to realize the profundity of that statement that God had just made. God said, your brother's blood has cried out to me from the ground. My name is John Jefferson D. Berry, Jr. I am the son of John Jefferson D. Berry, Sr., and Pearl Lee Deberry, I am their child. I am the grandson. Of Susie May Hall. And Starling Hall. I am the great grandson. Of Enos Garrett. And Mary Garrett. I am their blood. Three generations down. I am their blood. God said your brother's blood. Has cried out from the ground. All of your brother's line, his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, his great-great-grandchildren. When Cain killed Abel, he didn't just kill Abel. He killed his whole line, his whole family, his whole heritage. When you kill a child from its mother's womb, you're not just killing that child. But you're killing everybody that would have come from that child. You're killing that child's name, his line, his blood, your brother's blood cried out from the ground. God is saying that what you've done is worse than you ever know. October 5th, today my life began. October 19th, some say I'm not real. I'm not a real person. That only my mother exists. Just a small crumb of bread is still a crumb of bread. My mother is and I am. October 23rd. My mouth is beginning to open. Just think. In less than a year. I will be laughing and talking mama. October 25th. My heart begins to beat today. All by itself. My blood is circulating through my body. November 2nd. My arms and legs are taking shape one day at a time. And one day these arms and legs will embrace my mother. November 12th. Tiny fingers are developing. You can even see faint fingernails on my hands. November 20th. Today, my mother was told that I was there living just below her heart. December 10th. My hair is growing, and it looks like my mother's hair. December 13th, I am able to see. It's dark around me, but I know my eyes are forming. December 24th, my heart is strong. Mother, you're going to have a healthy little girl. December 28th, today my mother killed me. That's what's happening around this country right now while we sleep. While politicians make decisions that are against the will of God. While those we elect open Pandora's box to the evils of homosexuality and sodomy. And we act as though those things are fine, but we're on the wrong side of history. We're the ones that are ignorant. Backwards, stupid, silly. We're Christians. But we're the Lord's church. We're the last man standing. While others have already sold out, capitulated and given up. We're the last man standing. The apostle Paul said to the brethren in Titus chapter 2, 11 and 12. He said, the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men teaching us. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12, let us hear the conclusion to the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. We've got to hear what God has done for us. How in the golden text of the Bible, Jesus said himself, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might have life. You've got to hear that when you hear that God loved us so much that Jesus became a man to die for our sins. What does that mean to you? When you hear that God loves us so much, so is an adverb of degree. He so loved us that Jesus came and died for our sins. When you understand that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For they that come to the father must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Will you be willing to change your life and repent and say, Father, I've been listening to the pundits, to the news people, to the corporate heads, to the talk show hosts, to the internet, to the television, to the radio, to the rap singers. I've been listening to everybody. And Father, I'm going to change my life. Because I'm going to follow you. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And I'm going to confess that I believe that Jesus is the son of God. That it was Jesus who died for my sins and shed his blood for my redemption. And created redemptive religion. I'm going to put my old man in a watery grave. So I can rise again and walk in the newness of life. And if you have been one of those who went to sleep, who allowed things to happen around you, that politicians and others seduced you to quiet, they speak a whole lot louder, but they are very much a minority. It is for us to go to the polls, to stand, and to do everything we can to change this. If our children are going to have a good future, we have to stand we stand by faith and rejoice in hope of the glory of god romans 5:12 we stand not in the wisdom of men but in the power of god 1 corinthians 2:5 we stand in the gospel declared and preached to us by the apostle paul 1 corinthians 15:1 We stand watching, being strong, and acting like men. 1 Corinthians 16 and verses 13. We stand in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Galatians 5 and 1. We stand clad in the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. We resist the devil. So he will flee from us. God never told us to run from the devil. He told us to put the devil on the run. We stand. With one spirit, with one mind, we strive together for the faith of the gospel. We stand holding the traditions wherewith we have been taught. If the world's going to be saved, you're the only ones that can do it. You're still the people who believe in the truth, who believe in God, who believe in the scriptures. Don't let the world marginalize you. Don't let happen. Let us stay.